playing online and on smart devices. Now on London Scotty Radio, it's podcast time. I'm George Matlock. Hello and welcome to another episode of Scotty MOT from London Scotty Club and today in association with Stex I'm very pleased to tell you uh, popping in and covering for Jackie who's unwell this week uh, we have uh, Kath Marchbank thank you for joining us again you're the welfare officer at Stex the rescue charity for Scottish Terriers hello and how are you? Hello George I'm very well thank you Thanks for asking me to cover for Jackie and get well soon. You, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's you, you know, you did the last episode and it's quite obvious we can't keep the guests away. I mean, they just want they want, want to do everything. So it's great. No, but it's seriously, it's great that you were able to step in and volunteer to help on this occasion. And we send our best to Jackie. Uh, she will be back with us, we hope, uh, at the next episode. Remember, folks, this programme is recorded every two weeks. Uh, Scotty MOT. Um, so uh, we'll look forward to seeing her uh, on air quite soon. But Kath, um, in the meantime, now let's crack on. We've got uh, an interesting topic coming up, uh, which I wanted to run by you. We've had a question that came in from one of our members. Um, um, if people are online, they can look at our website at londonscotty.club. Uh, and under the members section, they will see Teacup, which is a lovely name, isn't it? Um, it is. It's a really sweet name. So Teacup's one of our members and uh, the uh, one of our VIPs, I should say. And the, and the owner, who's the member, uh, has emailed us uh, last week to say that uh, Teacup used to love playing and meeting other dogs. But since turning two years, she's begun barking at bigger dogs to warn them away if she doesn't know them. She has just started doing the same to smaller dogs as well. Right, so it looks like she started only with the bigger dogs. Uh, Walking her has become a bit more awkward. I do not know what to do and would welcome some advice. Kath, over to you. Right, well, it is a typical thing. Most Scotties um, do misbehave on the lead, especially to bigger dogs. So don't feel that you are on your own. The key thing is you've got to understand why the dog is doing it. Now, a lot of the times it can be that the dog has now got her feet under the table. She's got to a maturity of two years old and she wants to protect the leader. So she's protecting the owner. So the key thing is, is how you hold the lead when you walk in the dog. You've got to install and make sure that the dog understands that you're there protecting the dog and not allowing the dog to protect you. So it's important that you don't wrap the lead around your hand. You make sure that the the lead has a curve in the lead. Now I personally like a standard lead and if a little bit over a meter and a half if you can, but not the extendable type lead. Because what happens with the extendable leads, the material whether it's cord or um you know a flat cord or a, a circular cord that all wraps round around the plastic handle and it's a dead weight between yourself the leader and the dog because you've got to be walking along with your dog at your side happily and the moment that she sees a bigger dog or a smaller dog in this case because she's now attacking or going to bark at smaller dogs the moment that you see another dog it's important that you took the lead gently and say, come on, this way, and turn it away from the other dog. That is telling the dog that you're there looking after her. 
once you've done this for a couple of weeks you can actually walk past in a straight line past the other dog whether it's a big or small dog without the dog attacking now it's important that you keep turning away until she's happy and she's understanding that you're looking after her once you've got her so she'll walk past then there's other things to do after that but that's the stage that you need to get the dog at right so she walks past without barking okay um now one thing that uh, jackie was able to do uh, she looked at the question as well um when she wanted to prepare for today's program um and for those who don't know jackie runs a grooming salon in somerset uh, and is uh, one of our regular contributors to scotty mot what uh, Jackie told us was that she's she's noticed an increasing number of frightened Scotties and Westies which are coming into the salon. And she's wondering whether this might be the result of lockdown. Could this be one of the factors? I mean, Kath, any thoughts about that? Definitely. I've, I've um, had an increase in phone calls, people asking for help with their Scotties. Um, they're all young dogs which have been bought during lockdown. Um now, I think a lot of it is the breeding of the dogs. Some of the bloodlines, they're not going back to the true English lines of Scotties. They've been bred out of the dogs. So people, I think, have thought, we can make a quick book, you know, I've got a male Scotty, you've got a female, let's put them together. And they've not done any research into uh, the dog's behaviour and temperament. Now, yeah. If the male or the female is an, of nervous disposition, that is going to transfer directly down to the puppies. Mm. So it's important when you are researching and you're going out to find a new dog that you actually meet the parents, ask the people whether they've take the do taken the dogs out regularly for walks, have they taken them to dog shows, um, you know, do the dogs travel well in the cars, have they been to the beach? And, you know, there's not many dogs which have lived life like how we want our puppies to live mm. because, unfortunately, they are, they are breeding dogs and they aren't taken out of the home or the breeding establishments. Yeah, I guess with, with lockdown, of course, it's very difficult for people to get access to or have uh, had access to uh, puppy uh, training classes, um, which obviously is the, 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 the right place to try and get your young dogs uh, acclimatised to, to other dogs. Uh, of course, now things are improving because we, we're not wearing masks. People are gradually uh, getting back into their routines, although I have to say still rather cautiously. Uh, but I would hope that uh, more and more people are going back to, uh, you know, to puppy classes. Uh, and, and, you know, there will be, I guess, a generation of dogs that have missed out on that. I mean, we've had lockdown for the best part of two years on and off. I mean, with the, the COVID certainly for two years. And certainly with that in mind, um, you know, uh, se several litters all around the country have been affected. And, and I guess that's irreversible, is it? No, I, don't, I always say it's never too late to train a, a Scotty. A lot of the times dogs come in to look for a new home. They come in to be rehomed because of the behavioural issues. I do, before the person hands the dog in, I try to work with them to say, look, if the reason why you've, you're handing the dog in is because you're not enjoying your walks, the dog's attacking other dogs, you can't cope with it. With some people, I can actually turn the dog around, train the person to train the dog, and the dog can actually stay in the home. And people, you know, they breathe a sigh of relief. Wow, I've got my dog back. I'm enjoying my walk, so I don't need to rehome the dog. 
for some people, when you say, you know, let's go for a walk, we're going down the park, they actually dread it, you know, the, mm. the thought of, oh my gosh, I've got to take the dogs for a walk. My husband normally takes them, he's away, it's up to me to take the dog out. I know the first dog that we're going to see, the dog's going to kick off. So if you're going for a walk with that attitude, which a lot of people are when you actually speak to them, yeah. they are so worried about it, that straight away is transferring down the lead to the dog. So it's very important that you change that negativity around. And yes, we're going for a walk, but I'm not going to allow you to bark at the other dog. Yeah. So yeah. it's having that positive attitude, which you know changes the whole perspective of going for a walk. Now, it's not forever because once your dog has got relaxed and is happy around other dogs mm. because he or she knows that you're protecting it, then you've got a happy dog again. You can go on and enjoy, you know, walks anywhere in the country. But it's the initial training and sometimes that training can be for the next three months. But if you're regular and you carry on with the work after that three month period, you've got a happy dog again. So as you say, it's really important that the training starts with the owner as opposed to the dog. Yes, definitely. Um, because a lot of the times people just, they just put the collar or the harness on the dog and off they go for a walk. Mm. They're not thinking of how they, they're holding the lead. If you were to video somebody, and, and I have done it when I've been helping people with the dogs, when I've said, look, come round, I'm lucky I've got the land here, fetch the dogs... I'm going to, you know, you go for a walk up the field, I'm going to video you and I'm going to let my dogs out and we're going to see what the reaction is. And whenever I do that or if I meet somebody on the street, the first thing that they do as soon as they see the dog is they wrap the lead up tightly around the hand. They're getting a good purchase on that lead. So straight away by doing that, that tells you, your dog, I'm scared, protect me. Right, right, and um, well, in my in my case, I, I've got a I've got what I call double trouble because I, as you know, uh, you, as you know, I've got two dogs. One's a black one, uh, and one's a Wheaton. The Wheaton tends to sort of race ahead as though he's the alpha dog. Uh, the black one tends to be more passive and stays close to my side. So, so when we're walking, he's more or less in step with my feet. Uh, but the other one tends to go ahead. And, you know, it's a lottery. Sometimes it'll be the Wheaton that has a go at another dog across the road. Other times it'll be the black one who has an exception to the dog and the other one is oblivious. And sometimes they both hunt in packs. Um, very yeah. difficult, isn't it, trying to maintain when you've got behaviour like that and when they're very different personalities. It, it, it is, and it's... For some dogs, when you've got a pair of dogs, their behaviour changes. One day, one can be the boss... The day after, you know, it has reverted round and the other one is being the boss. So what I would do is actually walk them separately for a couple of weeks or, you know, get your wife to take one dog, you take the other. And so you've got them on separate leads and you're actually doing some training work with your dog at, the, at your heel. You may be holding a squeaky toy or a piece of cheese just to keep the dog there interested in you. And if, the, if you've got the contact of the dog looking at you, you can carry on walking in a straight line. The dog isn't looking round of, oh, is there going to be somebody stepping out that garden? Is a dog going to appear from the left? Is a dog going to come up behind me because he's just solely concentrating on you? On you. Yeah, exactly. So in a way, you're trying to sort of pacify his instinct to hunt and search and, and, and make him basically more loyal to, to the walker. 
that's it. But, you know, you don't want your dog, um, you know, if you're going for an hour's walk, you don't want it to be constantly at heel listening for your next command. But you need to do that in your walk for maybe five minutes. Then let the dog have a, a loose lead, some free time. You know, if you're in an area where you can let your dog off the lead, brilliant, get it off the lead. You know, you've got the recall, get the dog back on the lead. Another short stretch of, you know, you're back in the room with me, you're listening to me. I want you at my side. And then again, when you've done that exercise for two or three minutes, that's fine. You know, you can allow the dog to go on a long lead again. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're using a dual lead. So I have it with like a splitter. It's a very good, uh, it's like a rope. So it's like a, a, a very good um, uh, uh, lead, uh, very durable. And, and that's worked quite well. But but of course, that then means one person is walking two dogs. And so what we have actually tried in, in funny that you mentioned uh, walking them separately is exactly that. Uh, we, we've been taking them out at different times. Um, so and that does appear to be working. Uh, so I think you're right. I think there's uh, something in that, that that walking them separately can actually help to, to refocus them. And of course, it's easier for the owner because then I'm not having to second guess which dog is going to go berserk when they see a certain dog or a certain person even sometimes. Um, and, and, and it just makes it more manageable. But of course, it takes twice as long because then you've got to walk the two dogs and neither dog wants to feel shortchanged. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it, that is difficult. But it is worth doing because once you've got both dogs behaving again perfectly when you're walking them on their own, then you can then put them back together. Absolutely. Well, that's certainly food for thought. We'll, um, I'm sure, come back to this topic, but I hope that the owner of Teacup uh, feels that we've answered the question. Uh, and please, uh, I would appeal to the owner to, to write in again, if uh, it, it, just to let us know whether any of this advice has been tried uh, by her and, and indeed uh, what the, you know, how, it's, how it's progressing. So we'd love to know feedback uh, as well. Uh, so let us know. Um, reminder to everybody that uh, uh, Scotty MOT, anyone can send in a question, not just our members at London Scotty Club. We've gone national as of March 2022. Uh, but of course, uh, you can join us uh, from therefore anywhere in the UK. But even if you don't join us for any reason, uh, you know, you can still send in your your question about your Scottish Terrier. We emphasise you have to have a Scottish Terrier. And so you've got any uh, health or behavioural issues around your dog that you want uh, to have addressed on the show, we warmly welcome your messages. So please uh, go to our website and uh, and get in touch. Uh, and you can find the, the form to fill in with your question. Um, and whatever you put in the question is what we would be uh, seeking to read out on air. So only include information that you're willing to obviously uh, disclose. Um, but you'll find the, the form if you just go to scotty.scott. That's scotty, double T-I-E, dot scott. Um, Kath, just before we go, um, we always like to say that we're dotty about scotties or even potty about scotties on this, uh, on, uh, in the club. Um, I've got a little confession to make. <coughs> We rarely mention dog uh, birthdays on Scotty MOT um, because we actually publish them on our home page when they come up. But um, we're recording this programme and uh, broadcasting it indeed on April the 1st. As we all know, that's April Fool's. And who would be on the 1st of April but uh, my very own Wheaton Scotty Pudding. So I'm going to wish him a very happy birthday. And I do believe there are other Scotties uh, in the club um, who've got their 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 birthday on the first of April as well. 
So there you go. Oh, that's wonderful. Happy <laughs> birthday, Pudding. <laughs> and happy birthday, others. I'm going to check out in a moment to see who they are uh, and mention them as well. And well, I've just checked and there is another dog on the 1st of April. His name is Douglas. So we wish him a very happy birthday as well. He's uh, turning nine. We now can confirm we've got an April 1st birthday in the southwest of London and also the southeast of London. Right. Kath, thank you so much for joining us this week on Scotty MOT. We'll see you in about a month's time um, and good. carry on the great work that Steks are doing at rehoming. I know you've had a very busy, uh, very busy time recently, uh, haven't you? You've, had, you've uh, just this very week, you've rehomed, what, three dogs? Yeah, we've, uh, we've helped three dogs. Uh, one's just a temporary foster home at the moment while the uh, owner's gone off into hospital. Um, if he's not going to be well enough that he can take care of his dog when he comes out, then he the little dog will go off to the lady who's fostering the dog will actually adopt her, which will be wonderful. Um, but at the moment, that's just a temporary home. Um, and the other two dogs, um, one's gone up to all the way up to Warburn in Scotland. So we've uh, sending it back to its roots up in Scotland, little Scotty. Oh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. And of course, uh, fostering is a very important side to it. People always think about rescues as being dogs which are adopted. And I know on this programme we've discussed in the past that actually there's much more to um, to to uh, to rescuing a dog than, than necessarily uh, just adopting them. As we spoke to, indeed, one of your Stex members and one of the London, London Scottish Club members uh, uh, re- very recently on one of our Collard podcasts, um, it's possible to foster foster Scottish Terriers. Uh, and it looks it's great news to hear that one of your one of your members there is 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 helping to look after a dog on the on the possibility that the owner will come out of hospital and therefore be able to be reunited. But if not, then it's good to know that uh, a fostering can uh, lead to a uh, an adoption. Yeah, definitely, because it, it's a shame to have to move the dog on again. Um, you know, because poor little dog, where am I? Where am I going? You know, it's a totally new house for her. She's been with the previous people for six years. Um, so you know, to have to move the dog get on a, again in two or three months' time uh, would be a shame. So you know, this lady is, is fostering her with a view to adoption if she gets signed over. Kath Marshbank, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Look forward to hearing more great stories about rescued Scotties. Thanks, George. Thanks for listening to London Scotty Radio. This and all our podcasts are available online at londonscotty.club. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to us from your favourite podcast player app. Also visit us on YouTube for fun videos. And if you have a Scottish Terrier in London or nearby, be sure to join us.